Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. And today our subject is Give Me Five Loaves of Bread. Give Me Five Loaves of Bread. Mark chapter 6, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. When's the last time you told God everything? Start talking to him, stuff will happen. Tell him everything, all things, both what they had done and what they had been taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest, rest for a while. And there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Oh, God. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like a sheep, not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and the villages and buy for themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five loaves and two fish. And then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. Give me five loaves of bread. Amen. Becoming a daily New Testament church through five great actions that we are doing this year. Number one, it is Bible studies. It is just simply teaching and talking about the Word of God to people. I've taught the Word of God to people who didn't believe in the Bible, who did not believe in God. I've talked to a lot that do believe in it. Let me tell you, it's easier to those who are open and believe it. I tell you what, no matter who they are, what they believe in, or what their worldview is, the Bible is fascinating to all. It has lasted a long time throughout history. It's still a very popular book, and the stories and the teachings of it, anybody can find something about it that can add value to their life. Secondly, we do prayers on location. No longer do we say, well, I'll be praying about that for you. No, stop and pray right there. You will be shocked at what will happen. Amen. If anything, you'll just touch their heart that you took the time to do that, and they will feel the presence of God. But you'd be surprised. You're at work with somebody, and they've had a migraine headache all week, and you say, can I just pray for you? And they're like, oh, my goodness, yes. And you just pray right there in the cubicle. Father, I just call upon you right now. I command this headache to leave. 
I command peace to come to this body. Healing come now in Jesus' name. And watch that headache disappear, praise God. They'll want to know more about your God and more about your church and more about you just through a prayer on location. Amen. Spiritual conversations. Now, I like these. Talking about the Lord. And this is a good thing to do because you know it, I know it. At work, out in the workplace, in public, most people, their conversations are so degenerate. And so on the lower end of the spectrum, very abstract and very weird. But you and I bringing talking points about the Word of God and a higher thing and a greater power is going to slowly but surely take this society that has fallen and bring it to a higher level. Amen. Praise the Lord. You'd be surprised what spiritual conversations will do for even to your own home. You start talking about the Lord in your home, mom and dad, watch your kids' grades go up. You start talking about God at your workplace, watch the sales go up. Watch your neighborhood, the morale increase and the theft decrease. Spiritual conversations have a way of just healing the atmosphere in the area because God likes it when he is talked about. Oh, yes. The other day I was out at the, uh, the entrance greeting people and I heard somebody say, Justin, I turned and said, what? And they said, no, 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 Brother Larmy. Oh, wrong, Justin, okay. I got interested when somebody said my name. And you are the same way you hear somebody say your name. Who's talking about me? Who's talking about me? God is the same way. And when you talk about him, what he has done, God just reaches down and says, who is talking about me? What are they talking about? And just in a spiritual conversation, Powerful things can happen, praise the Lord. Social invitations, number four. Inviting people over to dinner or out to lunch. Doing things like that. Great things will happen. Just showing somebody a little hospitality and a little bit of kindness. You know the old saying, a 300-pound man can hide behind a small cup of coffee. And you'd be surprised when you put a cup of coffee or a little slice of pie in front of somebody, how much they really will talk. How many have been enjoying the new hospitality setup that we got out there in the narthex? Isn't that great? Amen. This is the vision of Brother David Palmer and his team doing a great job. I love it. And I got to tell you, I... You know, I'm like anybody. Some Sundays I come in so tired. But ever since that coffee and that cold brew has been back there, I've had some kind of energy coming up on me. I'm thinking the Holy Ghost. And no, it's Brother David's coffee. But I feel a little more energy in here today, and that's the victorious power of the Lord, plus a little coffee in Jesus' name. Number five, acts of service. Acts of service, you see your neighbor across the street, their grass is getting a little long. You know, maybe they don't have time or their mower broke down or somebody's ill in the house. You go over there and mow their grass. They're going to want to talk to you about that. And your kindness is something that they are going to notice. Jesus did all of these things. The early church did all of these things. And the life church is doing those things. And we have a testimony that we want to show you here. If we could go ahead and cue that up. We got a testimony of just how powerful the Give Me Five is. Good morning, Life Church. I have been asked to share a testimony, and um, I recently read that a testimony is a divine moment that gives us an opportunity to share God's activity. And so um, I was asked to share my testimony through Celebrate Recovery, which is a ministry we have here at the Life Church back in June of last year. 
and it was shared through social media. I had a friend of mine who I grew up with. Um, she reached out to me after seeing my testimony and we realized that we shared a lot of commonalities and we shared a lot of our, uh, similar struggles. I invited her to come to CR, um, I believe it was in June, and three months later, I got a message that she wanted to come, so she came and joined us, and she has been faithfully coming since September of 2022. We've had many conversations about um, Jesus' name baptism, being apostolic and what that means, as well as being filled with the Holy Ghost. So she came um, to CR on a Thursday evening in February and mentioned that she felt she wanted to be rebaptized in this time, this time in Jesus' name. Um, I rang the uh, brother Paul Webb and said, can we please get her baptized tonight? Unfortunately, the tank wasn't full, so we planned it for the following Thursday. Um, she had family that came and were here to watch her get baptized. Bishop was here, um, brother Morgans was here and I was able to baptize my first disciple, which was really exciting. Um, through more time at CR and really developing relationships within our CR family, she wanted to come to church on a Sunday, and um, so I invited her to come to Pentecost Sunday, where um, she was really felt, she felt led to go up to the altar um, after service ended, and through prayer and really just trying to reach God, he, filled her with the Holy Ghost and it was amazing to witness. It was incredible to watch her just get such a personal touch from God. Um, so I am so excited for what CR is doing within the Life Church as well as the opportunities that it is bringing to those that aren't part of our, um, our immediate family here. So praise God and keep giving your testimony because you never know who it's going to touch and who it might reach. Awesome. Thank you, Sister Jamie, for that great testimony. You know, Sister Jamie has a great personality. She is bubbly. She makes me laugh. She makes us all smile. I got to tell you, though, using all of that is powerful, but the thing that was key there was her testimony. And all of us have got one. It began with a spiritual conversation. This is what God has done in my life. It began with a, and then an invitation, then the Bible study, then all of this. And before you know it, all five reached out to this potential disciple. Baptism happened. Holy Ghost happened just because somebody was willing to reach out for a lost soul. Amen. And God wants to do that through all of us. He wants all of us to have that opportunity. And he has put that power within us. Somebody say, give me five. Here in this story that we read, Jesus gave five in the feeding of the 5,000. Number one, he taught a Bible study. He sat down with the people, taught them all about the kingdom of heaven. There was prayer right there on location. He looked up into heaven and blessed the food he was about to give him. He had spiritual conversations with them. He talked to his disciples about how many loaves do you have and then talked to them more and more deeper about those loaves. There was a social invitation there. He said, everyone, sit down on the green grass. Even though I'm on vacation, sit on the green grass. Amen. There was a social invitation. Acts of service. He gave the loaves to the disciples to serve all of the people. You see these five over and over in the miraculous workings of God. Bible studies, prayer on location, 
spiritual conversations, social limitations, and acts of service. Sometimes all it takes is one, sometimes two, sometimes all five. It doesn't have to start with number one or number five or whatever, just any of those. It's just like the best gifts and the gifts of the Spirit, whatever's needed in that moment. You talk to somebody, you realize, maybe they don't need a Bible study right now. Maybe I just need to do something nice for them. Or maybe they've got everything they need, but they know zero about God. Maybe the Bible study is the first one to go after. But when you start working at it in these things, and God can use you, and anybody can do these things, you will see disciples made. People will get interested about what's going on here at the Life Church. I've come to tell you just as simple as giving somebody a high five, you can take these five and make disciples. That's how we become a New Testament church. Praise God. Five loaves fed 5,000. That is so interesting to me because Jesus said concerning the Old Testament, he didn't come to destroy the law but he came to fulfill it. He didn't come to do away with it, but he came. The places where it had gaps and empty spaces, he filled all of it, creating a new covenant within himself. And one of the promises of that law was one day one would chase a thousand or just one would make a thousand things happen. And right there, just one little loaf of bread, a small little loaf of bread, Not like a big loaf of bread like you and I think of. Back then, loaves of bread were small, about half the size of a hot dog bun. And one of those small loaves fed a thousand. The next one fed another thousand. The next one fed another thousand. Another thousand and another thousand. That is the power when you walk with God. Just one thing, one aspect can make it spread. Hallelujah. I remember one time in the old church, now, it's been a while since this has happened, but every once in a while in the old church when we come back together on Sunday nights, we'd all be a little bit tired, you know. We had great church that morning. We'd go to the buffet, come home, take a nap, be back for choir practice and prayer. And by the time we stood up for worship at about 6 p.m., some of us were a little tired. And I remember Sister Vivian Walker down there on that second row. It was kind of dull. I mean, God was moving. We were all happy to be there, but there just wasn't that energy there. And I remember just one sweet old lady, a little sister in our church, got up there and started praising and worshiping, started cutting a rug across the front of the church. And before I knew it, I turned around. Everybody was falling out, and everybody was worshiping. And that night right there, one chased a hundred. All God needs is just one to make something happen, one thing to start it up, one thing to get it going. Praise the Lord. And that one just may be you. There may be a thousand out there. I don't care. Just one can make a thousand disciples. One can chase a thousand devils. One can call a thousand angels. And one can get a hold of a God who owns a thousand cattle on a hill. Y'all just think you're weak, but you are strong. You are powerful. And heaven wants to connect with you and use you. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. There's power in one. Oh, there's power in one. Praise God. It's interesting the Lord focused on the bread. How much bread do you have? I think it was the Lord's favorite thing to eat. He liked bread. Sorry for all of you that are on the zone. The Atkins. I guess that stuff works. And if it's working for you, make it work. Some of you are more afraid of gluten than you are Putin. Sorry. Thank you. I worked hard on that joke. 
But our Lord liked bread. And back then it was a staple. Generations survived on it. And bread to him was spiritual. You know, in the Old Testament, when you think of bread, I think of the spiritual bread that came down from heaven. It's what the Lord fed Israel with while they were in the wilderness. I don't know if you've ever been out to the desert. I have. You're in the southwest. You know, you think the mountains are pretty, you think the ocean's pretty, and it is, but you want to see something spectacular and something so beautiful and something so therapeutic, the desert. It shockingly is. But you can only stay out there for so long. There's not a lot of water out there. There's no crops out there, no livestock out there. You've got to be wise to survive out there. And that's how God taught Israel to trust him and to not believe by every word that they live by, but believing in God's word. Not just the bread of the earth, but God's word. That's how they lived. And he taught them this way by feeding them manna for 40 years. I love how Bishop teaches it. You know, a father could wake up and a baby would be crying in the tent. The dad could just stick his hand under the tent, grab a handful of manna, shove it in the baby's mouth, and he's got breakfast, right? That's how it was. They didn't have to farm for the manna. They didn't have to plant for the manna. They would wake up every morning and breakfast was right there growing on the ground. And it came directly from heaven. That's why they called it manna in Hebrew. It meant, what is it? Every day, they would wake up six days a week, and there the manna would be right there on the ground directly from heaven. The psalmist later called this manna angel's food. You wonder how it got there? The angels would come down there while everybody was sleeping and bring the manna down to them. And according to rabbinical history, there came a point in Israel's history, whatever they wanted that manna to taste like when they would eat it, God allowed them to taste what they wanted. If they were craving steak... It tasted like steak. If they wanted chicken, it would taste like chicken. If they wanted apple pie or something, I don't know, they would eat it and it would taste just like that. It was God's way of showing that heaven has everything that you need. Heaven has everything that you could ever want and hope for. And heaven is not far out. Heaven is as close to you as your own breakfast. Praise God. And Jesus is out there in the very same wilderness everybody's hungry. Everybody's been taught the word of God all day, and he doesn't want to send them away hungry. So he says, find some bread. And they found bread. And what does he do? Supernaturally multiplies it. I would think like an angel does in heaven and fed 5,000 people from five loaves. You want to know who I think is going to cook for us in heaven? Angels one day. They're going to make the angels food for the church one day. Praise the Lord. But he is there in that moment in time showing them that not only did God provide for Israel back then, but he's providing for the New Testament church that day. And the power of heaven, the power to multiply, the power to create things from nothing, he is multiplying the bread right there for them. As God provided for 12 nations back then, he was providing for 12 nations right then and there. Simeon, Reuben, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Manasseh, And Ephraim, as they were fed in the wilderness then, he was feeding them right then and there in that moment. According to Old Testament history, God commanded Moses to take an omer, a little jar of manna, and put it there in the Ark of the Covenant. It was the only manna that never wasted away, but it lasted from generation to generation in that ark. The rest of the manna would melt away, but that jar... In that Ark of the Covenant, it lasted forever because in heaven, nothing fades away. Nothing dies. 
and it lasted forever. And the Hebrews called it the hidden manna. The hidden manna. It was the manna there in the Ark of the Covenant. And you read in the book of Revelation when John is up there in heaven, God speaks to him and says, tell the church that one day they are going to have the hidden manna. And you read in Revelation, the temple is up there and even the Ark of the Covenant is up there. I know some of us would like to think that the Ark of the Covenant is buried somewhere in the Holy Land. Or perhaps if you follow stained glass windows throughout churches, the Knights Templar, you'll find it over in Britain somewhere. Some of you may think that Indiana Jones buried it in a box somewhere. Wherever it may be, my Bible tells me the ark that you and I are going to one day be around is already up there in heaven. It's eternal and forever. And there is manna up there in heaven. And one day, God, when we appear before him in heaven, he is going to open up that ark and take out that manna and give us heavenly food to show us that we are welcome right there in the kingdom. You're good enough to eat at God's table. You're good enough to have his meal. Amen. Don't think for one minute that it's just you that's providing for you. But it is always God who is providing for his people. It's God who makes it happen, praise the Lord. And he is the provider to his people. He is the bread that came down from heaven himself, and he is showing the world through this story. Amen. It doesn't take a lot to feed many. It doesn't take a whole lot of this or that, but God wants to accomplish something. That's how you know you're becoming a New Testament church, when you start being able to do much with so little. One small thing doing so much. With so little, praise the Lord. The Old Testament also, the Lord was communicating a message to his followers and to us, the New Testament church. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21, David had to run from King Saul, had to get away from his own family because his life was in danger. And he ran to the priest, to Himelech, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Do you got any bread here? And the priest said, there's only special bread, the holy bread that only the priest can eat. You can't have it. He said, I'm on some kind of special business. I've got to have something. And the priest said, oh, okay. You know how many loaves David asked for? Five. He said, give me five loaves. And the priest gave it to him. And those five loaves for David and his men was able to sustain him as he got to safety. You know what Jesus is showing the world there? That as he was high priest, the holy bread that he blessed from heaven and the heavenly blessing fell upon it that one day he would raise up a kingdom of priests, the New Testament church. And he was showing them as many of you that are on the run, as many of you who are fleeing, trying to find refuge, that yes, you don't have to be so much in the Levitical priesthood, but he is bringing us into that Levitical priesthood. You're worthy of the heavenly things. You're worthy of the temple. Amen. And I feel like I've already tasted of that bread here today and been beyond the veil and seen the glory. Of God, praise the Lord. Jesus didn't just want to feed 5,000, but he was wanting to show the whole world and the church that the kingdom of heaven was just not way out there, but it was so close that you could reach out and touch it. These five things that we're talking about, give us five loaves, the Bible studies, the prayers on location, the spiritual conversation, the social invitations, the acts of service, all of those things are heavenly. The Bible says in Hebrews to entertain strangers or to show hospitality to strangers because you never know, you may be entertaining an angel. 
an angel of the Lord may come down to see your acts of service, to see if you'll do a prayer on location, to see if you'll be kingdom-minded right then and there. Amen. For years, I had a story happen to me. I didn't share it for, for about 10 years. I shared it recently, and somebody was asking me about it this week, so I'm going to tell it again. I remember one day I pulled up to the gas pump. I was pumping gas in my car, and it was like this car came out of nowhere and just appeared right before me. It was a real old-looking car. And this man got out and walked right up to me, and he said, uh, I'm on my way for some special business, and uh, I don't have a wallet. Could you fill my gas tank up? And I said, uh, I was this close to saying, buy your own gas, man. Come on. <laughs> Prove it. But something in me said, no, help this man out. So I walked over there and filled up his car. As I was walking back to my car, he said, thank you, Justin. And I thought, he doesn't know me, and I don't know him, and I didn't tell him my name. I quickly heard his car start up. I heard the car drive away, and as soon as I turned around, the car was gone. You know what that was? An angel of the Lord coming down just to see if I would do an act of service. Showing kindness. That's what is heavenly. Heaven partners with us to share and to do something good and to do something so powerful. And that is what the Lord was doing there for those 5,000 people to demonstrate to them exactly what the kingdom of heaven is like. Praise God. Heaven wants to partner with this church. I was praying about it this morning. I said, God, there are people in this city that are so hungry. And there's about 325, 350 here today. I got to praying, Lord, surely there's 350,000 that we could reach somehow this week. I know that's big. I know that's huge. I don't know how that would even happen. But I just believe that God's spirit, like they used to say in the old days, it's like wildfire. Once it starts to spread, it just grows. And I believe there's enough Holy Ghost in here to touch the lives of Kansas City and to touch the lives of the suburbs. From everybody in the city to everybody in the country, heaven wants to partner with us to give this world five. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I love what I feel in here. You got to understand, it's not just for here. It's for everybody. And Jesus asked his disciples, how much bread do we have left over? And they counted. It was 12 baskets. Not two, not four, not five, not six, but 12 baskets. It was a sign to all of them. That this was not just for the 5,000 here, but these 12 baskets are for the lost 12 tribes of Israel that were in the land. And it seems like every Sunday we'll pray, and whenever we begin to leave, I'll stay up here greeting people. It's like God is still here. It's like there's still leftovers. It's like God is saying, is anybody still hungry in town? Does anybody still want some more? That's why I'm a big proponent. Just because everybody else leaves, don't you leave. You stay and linger in the presence of God. That's when special things will happen at the altar call. Amen. And understand this. When you leave full, when you leave full of worship, when you leave full of the Word of God and full of what God does you at the altar, it's not just for you, but there is always enough in the refrigerator of your soul to share with somebody some leftovers. Ooh. Oh, yes. 
Man, the other day, somebody pulled out a jar. They said, I've got some gumbo. It's about five days old. Don't you worry. That's the best right there when all those flavors have just kind of festered in there. Let me tell you, it was so good. I had about five bowls of it. But God wants to share his leftovers with the people. He wants this world to get a taste of what you and I have. And if you will just but give the world the five, the Bible studies, the prayers on location, the spiritual conversations, the social invitations, the acts of service, one small loaf could feed a thousand. Praise the Lord. God wants to use this church. We're a five loaves and two fish church. God is multiplying us. God is taking us to areas that we have never been before and seeing things that we have never seen. It seems like every Sunday I'm hearing reports about miracles, hearing reports about the supernatural. Truly, we're becoming a New Testament church. The New Testament church was not a people that just gathered together with their arms folded and only worshiped for 20 minutes once a week. Oh, no. Day in and day out, they were the New Testament church. They were the kind of church when they heard one of their leaders had been unlawfully shut away in prison. They all got together and prayed and prayed their apostle out of that prison. An angel came and got him out of there. Amen. And that's the type of church that we are. We've got people in this church that have got cancer and we're praying. We've got people in this church that need jobs. We're praying. We've got people in this church that need various miracles and things to happen in their life. You know what we're doing? We're praying. We're praying. I'm the type of guy, if I hear you got a problem, I want to say, let's sit down with some pen and paper and solve the problem. And I've realized people are done with us trying to solve the problems. There's times and places for that. For the most part, the needs that we have, man can't do it. It's only an act of God that can get us through it. And God is saying he wants to raise up a people that know how to pray and know how to contact him and bring the living word from heaven down here to a fallen earth to bring life to everyone who hears it. Praise the Lord. Amen, if you musicians would come. Praise God. I feel your faith right now. There's somebody in here, amen, you know you don't have much, but what you have, it's available for the Lord. And you want to see God multiply it and use it. You are going to see it happen in your lifetime, praise the Lord. And Jesus said, you feed them. How much do you have? And you read later on then in the Bible, it wasn't one of the adult disciples that brought food. Oh, no. It was a little boy. Cohen, come on up here, buddy. Cohen, you got any mints in your pocket? Did you take any of Brother David's mints out there? You ate them all, didn't you? This boy's usually always got mints in his pocket. Matter of fact, before church, I walked up and said, you got any mints, buddy? He said, sure. And he gave me one mint. Here, stay up here, buddy, daddy. Jesus used fishermen. And... What's funny? Go get those mints and come right back on up here. He likes those mints. He likes to have fresh breath. All right, come on up here, Bubby. Yeah, hold those little mints in your hand. It's on your arm there, bud. You got popcorn on your shirt. My goodness, already. After talking about bread, Cohen's ready to eat. 
Jesus reached fishermen. Fishermen, they were experts at pickling the fish, pickled herring, usually what they would serve, and they serve it to this day over there in Israel. It's great. They were also good at preserving bread. They knew how to survive cold, long nights out there on the water. You would think Peter or Andrew or John would have been the ones to have the five loaves, but no, they weren't ready. You know who was there? Little boy, right here, maybe four years old. He's the one that packed the lunch. I've come to tell you, it doesn't matter what age you are, what your ancestry is, where you're from here in town. If what you have, you'll make it available for the kingdom of heaven. It will work. It will multiply. And you'll have an opportunity to have your name listed in heaven as the one who was available to work a miracle. I wonder if there's a young man or a young lady in our kids' ministry that wants to start praying their friends through the Holy Ghost in our new kids' wing that we're going to occupy soon. I wonder if there's somebody that's just got a burden for your apartment complex. You don't know where to start. God's going to help you where to start, how to reach that place. Some of you, you're the only one in your family that serves the Lord. You're wondering, how do I reach my parents? How do I reach my siblings? How do I do it? These five acts, these five things, God is going to open the door for one of them to work, and it's going to start a fire in your family. If you will just reach out and say, Lord, I don't have much, but what I have, it's available for you. You know, that's what the woman did with the alabaster box. It was all she had. It was a lot, but it was available for the Lord. And the Lord said, what she did, they're going to talk about forever. And we're still preaching about it to this day. She anointed his body for the burying. She poured that ointment on his feet. Literally, as he was being falsely accused, they could smell that spikenard. While he was being beaten, they could smell that spikenard. As he was up there on the cross, they could smell that ointment. When they buried him, they could smell that ointment. When he resurrected, they could smell that ointment. And what you give to the Lord, it has carryover, and it has lasting effects. It has lasting effects. He wants the microphone. Cohen, do you want to pray for the church today? All right, you're going to repeat after me. Jesus, use your people. So does... Hold on, say, Jesus, use your people. Say, Jesus, use your people. Jesus, use your people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you want to be used of the Lord, would you stand with me today? I want to be a tool in the hands of the Lord. I want to be a resource for him. I want to reach somebody. I want to reach people. And I just feel like today there's somebody that feels a power swelling up in them. You never thought your prayers would be answered. They're going to start being answered. You never thought the Lord would use you. He's going to use you today. I wonder if there's anybody here that has five loaves and two fish, as it were, and you want to bring it to the Lord. I invite you to come down to this altar and say, Lord, if people are hungry, I've got something for them. If people are thirsty, I've got something for them. If people, Lord, are empty, I've got something to fill them up. I've got a power in me. It's the power of heaven. Come on, it's not your own power that God is stirring inside of you. It's heavenly power. It's not your own talent. It's his talent. It's his ability. 
Hallelujah. Make yourself available now. Give it to the Lord and watch the Lord do amazing things. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.